Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Houston Chronicle, the Texans podcast here. Brooks Cabin along with Jonathan Alexander. Another week, another loss, but now we have more to talk about in terms of whether Lovey Smith will finally turn to a new quarterback. Davis Mills uh, had another game where he had an immense setback. Uh, the Texans only had five yards of total offense in the first half, and uh, again, Davis Mills finished under 200 yards, even after uh, leading some late drives when the game was out of hand. But um, we asked uh, Lovey Smith whether he was going to turn to a um, new quarterback in Kyle Allen. And uh, on Sunday, he was pretty uh, insistent that they weren't going to change. And then on Monday, whenever we talked to him, it seemed like uh, he's kind of moving towards the openness of um, cha- changing something, whether it be play calling with Pep Hamilton or Davis Mills. Uh, he said that he uh, kind of hinted at it and said that the players were meeting on Tuesday. So that's probably when any news would come out. But, you know, Jonathan, what was your reaction to that? What's your sense on where Lovey's at in this team? And if do you think there will be a change? Yeah, I, I guess I was a little bit surprised just given how Lovey Smith had been, had defended Davis Mills, uh, you know, Pep Hamilton and the rest of his staff. and Instead of really putting the blame on Davis Mills, he had put the blame on everything else around him. Yeah. Uh, so I was a little surprised from that standpoint. But, you know, you go back and he looked at the film and he heard the comments and he and he got the questions and he's continuing to get the questions. He knows, like, you know, what Davis Mills has done in these first 10 games has not been pretty. You know, sure, certainly he could have a little bit better help. But, you know, you can't turn the ball over five consecutive games, seven of the last eight games or whatever, have same amount of interceptions as you have turnovers, uh, same amount of touchdowns as you have turnovers and expect to win the game. It's just not it just doesn't work like that. The Texans aren't built like that. No, they need another answer. Um, and, and why not put Kyle Allen, who has, you know, one games and who can at least sling the ball? You know, we don't expect Kyle Allen to be the savior to even win a whole bunch of games. But. You need something else other than what you've been you've been putting out there on the field because the same thing just isn't working. That last bit that you were talking about, not expecting Kyle Allen to be the savior, that really brings up the main question of all of this, which is kind of an existential one. Why, you know, just just a big capital W Y. Why make the change with Davis Mills? Why go to Kyle Allen? Why, whenever you have the number one overall pick, try and be competitive? And we, we, we've talked about this last couple of weeks. The Texans this year have said that they're trying to be more competitive. And Lovey Smith is trying to keep his job. Pep Hamilton's trying to keep his job. 
Uh, you have a bunch of players on the team that are trying to keep their jobs. And whenever you, you go out there and you have a player playing as dismally as Davis Mills has, and you know we can talk more about the numbers in a minute, but I just want us to kind of go on this point. You, you got to show that you, you're you're moving in some direction towards being competitive, and um, you know whenever whenever that change isn't made, then at least have kind of the rhetoric change to where this is a a process oriented season. And you know, Jonathan, we talked about that with Lovey Smith on Monday. Whenever um, I mean, I asked him because Nick Casario said last year that it was more process oriented versus results oriented, and I wanted how I wanted to know how much process is still a part of the daily decisions. And Lovey Lovey kind of said both, right? Um, he was saying that it's very much part of what they're doing on a day to day basis, but they're not just playing young people just for the sake of playing young people. He's saying that you know they make those decisions because they felt like they're the best that day. So if that's true, and I'm just pointing out whether they what their thought process is. Then Davis Mills, if if he's the best that they have, I, I just don't see how that's consistent with how he's been playing. You got to see how Kyle Allen's in, and I mean, I, what's your thought on that? Balancing the process versus you know results oriented, the existential why does it matter whether they move on? Should they move on? Yeah, I think they they should. Maybe I was watching another press conference today, but even though. You know, they're out of the playoff race a long time ago. Um, you know, the number one pick is 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 likely uh, in their sights. Um, they still have to at least try to win. They're building for the long term. Tanking, to me, it, you know, tanking is an interesting subject because, um, you, you know, you want to get that top pick. That top pick's not always guaranteed, but you don't want to lose purposely. So, you know, like we've mentioned before, Levy Smith and, and, and Pep Hamilton are battling for their job this year and in even future years they're trying to prove yeah you know if the texans don't retain him somebody else will retain him and also if you know some of these players are here next year you know they need some players to believe that that there is some path to them winning so there has to be there has to be close games at least even if they're losing these games there have to be close games and it has to look like they're just a few pieces away and it looks like they're multiple pieces away at this point right now it it doesn't look like they're just one piece and 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 they've got it they've got to do a lot better job. So they've got to win these games. So I think right now what you're seeing with Davis Mills, they definitely need another quarterback for next year for sure. Kyle Allen would definitely make sense right now to start him next week. I mean, you got to, you know, give it a chance and, and give the player something, you know, something to, to, to kind of clean some type of hope to kind of clean up, clean on. Yeah. Um, Cause you're also evaluating other players too. And possibly maybe Kyle Allen can be a better evaluate help you better evaluate those players you're also evaluating. Yeah, I mean, kind of what you were saying there, the players there, not only are they trying to get them on board, but whenever they enter free agency and they go to the table in the bargaining with other free agents, those free agents are going to try and look at the Texans and see if that's a viable option for them. You know, obviously the money weighs into it, but they're going to look at what kind of team it is, what they're about, and whether they want to join. So, I mean, in my opinion, if the Texans came out this year and said, this is a process-oriented season, you know, we're not expecting to make the playoffs, we're going to try and evaluate all these players, that's a different form of communication. And we've seen rarely kind of across professional sports teams just outright say it. The 76ers made that famous in their process. I mean, I think the Rockets have been pretty forthcoming about that recently. The Astros about 10 years ago, it was pretty blatant. It's hard to get 
a whole organization top to bottom to get on board with that. I mean, a basketball team is very few players. You can kind of get in into that. Uh, but, you know, 53 players on an active roster, guys like, I think of guys like Christian Kirksey, who, you know, uh, a career linebacker who's played on one winning team and he was on a one-year deal last year. Now he's fighting for another contract on a two-year deal. That kind of guy, to ask him, if, if you had communicated to him, hey, we're going to pay you to come play and we're going to try and win. And then when he gets into the building and then you're like, you know what? Things aren't going great. We're just going to go ahead and uh, keep Davis Mills going just because we're losing. A player like that, I'm not saying Christian Kirksey specifically, but across the locker room, that's not going to work uh, unless you get everybody on board with it. And there's some sort of, I don't know, yeah. payoff for everybody. That that's kind of the that's kind of the rationale that I'm seeing in this. So when you look at the numbers, you know this was part of the story I wrote on Sunday. But I mean, this just merits a change. You look in the first three drives of games. Davis Mills is a 65 quarterback rating, which is really not good. His completion percentage is below 60 percent. He's thrown more interceptions than touchdowns on the first three drives. So just in plain and simple, the te- the Texans are more likely to throw an interception on one of their first three drives, especially their opening drive, than they are to score. That's not good. And the offense, if you're trying to signal that the rest of the team, that you're trying to be competitive or at least try and get to win or get people on board, that's just simply enough of a sample size through 10 games to warrant a change. So do I think Kyle Allen's going to be, you know, going to be the difference in them winning? No, but if your top to down communication is that, then, that's just kind of a simple call. And it's it's actually pretty interesting that it hasn't really been communicated that simply yet. You know, they've got a lot to figure out as far as with their quarterback, first of all. We brought this up earlier, and it's like, you know, you invested in a third-round pick in Davis Mills. Yeah. And is he, you know, can he possibly be the answer? Uh, and I think that they were trying to look at that because, you know, if he is the answer, then you know, you don't necessarily have to draft a quarterback, but I think we're long past that. I think we've yeah. we've seen a lot of what we've seen in Davis Mills, and I think it's time for them to kind of turn the page on that and and you know see where this this uh, is. And it seems like they're going to have that conversation with him or, or whoever. Well, I'm sure there'll probably be other changes too. I don't think Davis Mills will be the only change. Um, you know, there's some other changes that they could possibly make in in other areas they can look. There's a question there. So, well, the first point one I think that you made there about him, his draft stock and all of that. I mean, the best case scenario would have been him becoming a full-time starter. I, I think this is probably the most likely outcome. I mean, you look at the Texans through the last couple of years, draft a third-round quarterback. The odds of that turning into a franchise quarterback or at least a long-term starter are very little. So this this is kind of moving towards what I think if the Texans and Nick Casario were looking at their, you know, projected probabilities, I think they probably have a plan for this future on. They got all these draft picks that's prepared. But you just mentioned that other changes. Do you mean players? Pep Hamilton? What are you expecting? I think it's fair to first bench Davis Mills, see if a different quarterback gives your offense some spark. And then our offensive coordinator usually is the next person out. You know, Pep Hamilton definitely. Uh, you know, plays a role in this offense. He has to, he's the one who yeah, has to, play to get them going. <laughs> yeah, he's the play caller. He has to figure out. I know he has limited talent out there, 
you know, not as much as some other teams has, but he has to figure out some type of way to have him look competent. They haven't even scored. They've only scored 24 points once yeah. this season, and, and that's not good. That's not going to cut it. Um, you know, maybe Kyle Allen, maybe he can show, see a little bit different with a, a quarterback who can, you know, sling it downfield, and maybe Kyle Allen can do that. But we'll see. I think I think it's fair to put Kyle Allen in first, and then Pep Hamilton is the next guy who, you know, they take a hard look at and whether he's part of their them long term, but right now he hasn't shown that you know he deserves to come back. No, uh, in the foreseeable future. So and we keep going back to it. I mean, last year the offense was better in terms of the passing game, especially. I, I agree with you. The talent is not there this year for an offense that should be uh, competing and consistently winning games. But they're more talented than they were a year ago. I mean, especially having Damian Pierce part of another run-oriented scheme. So I keep going back to that. I think you're right. We've seen it in the NFL time and time again. Uh, by benching a quarterback, you're giving an offensive coordinator a chance to say, well, maybe your system just needs a little bit of a tweak. And if it doesn't, then, you know, there's something wrong with the system entirely. So, I mean, here's here's my question. Another existential capital Why? Why fire Pep Hamilton or move on from a play caller in the middle of the season? I have an answer, but I want to. I kind of want to hear your perspective on that first. You said why fire offensive coordinator in the middle of the season? Yeah. Why? Why? Why would they? Why move on for Pep Hamilton now? I. You know, I, I'm not so much in favor. I don't think it does much any good to move on from offensive coordinator in the middle of the season. I mean, you're not going to find unless you have unless you feel like you have somebody in the wings who you feel like can do a better job then maybe, but I don't know if, if that's the case here. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't move on with them in the middle of the season. I'd probably go to the end of the season and then make the decision after that. So why, why is that different than the quarterback then? Well, I, I think it's different with the quarterback um, for one, uh, because you, at least you have another option. And at least if it doesn't work out, you can always go back to that quarterback. Sure. You can't go back to the offensive coordinator if you fire the, the firing the offensive coordinator is a permanent decision. Benching the quarterback isn't so much permanent. Yeah. And I agree with that. And that's kind of part of what I was thinking about this is that, but I, I still, I, I agree that there's not as many, you don't know exactly who's behind Pep Hamilton. Maybe it's Ben McDaniels who's, it's part of the same philosophies. You're probably going to get the same kind of play calling, but I, I just, in my opinion, I think there's there. It warrants just as much change as the quarterback in the same sense of saying you're trying to be competitive and it's not working. So you got to try something else. And if it's given somebody else a chance to call plays, whether it been be Ben McDaniel's, I mean, look, I'm not saying they should follow the Colts path of just firing everybody and then up bringing in an outsider. That's not even like, what what would be the equivalent of Jeff Saturday bringing in Andre Johnson to call plays? I don't I don't know, but like you you can make different moves. You can there are people on staff who could call plays before other than uh, Pep Hamilton, but I mean it would just again warrant again with the rhetoric that they've had that they're trying to be competitive. So when it's not working, and I just outlined a bunch of numbers for Davis Mills, attribute that all to the, all, all to. Pep Hamilton, too, who was promoted to ensure that Davis Mill progression would continue. So, I mean, it's still wild to me. This was part of our Q&A over the weekend that um, who would get 100 yards first, Nico Collins or Brandon Cooks? Neither of them have done it this year. Cooks hasn't done it this year, and it's the first time since his rookie year. 
I mean, that's an indictment against the play calling as well. Two things can be true. Was Davis Mills sacked five times? Yes. On any of the first three drives? No. There is some things in a vacuum that Davis Mills has been good and bad at that you can kind of see. But overall, are there any other changes? I mean, offensive line, Kenyon Green is your rookie guard. I mean, he was there because he didn't have an absence. It's not like you're going to bench him. I don't, I don't foresee any other, cha- other changes on the offense personnel wise, other than just seeing if the quarterback change can be different to you. The only other thing I, I guess right now, just based on what they have, or maybe like personnel changes, position coaches, maybe. I think they could change their philosophy a little bit, <laughs> to be honest with you. I think they could run it more, you know, now that they have Eno Benjamin, I think they could run it a little bit Wouldn't more. that be the same uh, philosophy, though? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they've been running it to the ground with Damian Pierce. And, uh, you know, I think they could take deeper shots downfield than they've, than they've taken, than they've elected to take. And I think, I think some of their philosophies uh, and how they approach certain things, I think instead of being so conservative, they can uh, take more chances. It might not net them. <laughs> You know, any success, but at least they've taken a chance and showing that they have faith in the offense, which they haven't done at all this year. Yeah. So I guess I think some some more of a tendency type. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because like, I I mean, remember Davis Mills talking about this on Sunday too. When the run game's not there, they're not able to throw deep, which means any deep shot that they have, well, not any, but most of them are attached to the run oriented scheme. So if the if the the box is not loaded, then they're not taking shots. So that's part of the playbook, right? Of how it's constructed. So you're saying kind of break out of that, try and do something without having if you know, like have something that's actually, you know what? That's actually pretty telling. That when facing coverage, not just, you know, some defense that's throwing more players in the box, just facing standard coverage, the Texans aren't willing to throw deep. I mean, that's pretty telling in itself that you don't have, you have Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks and there's not anything in normalcy for them to try anything 15 yards or more. I mean, that's just pretty wild just to say that. Yeah. I I mean, Davis Mills has been, uh, I think, one of the worst quarterbacks in throwing the ball that have traveled more than 10 yards. I can't remember. Which is weird because he was good at it last year. I don't know what, what changed in terms of maybe it's just the offense and what they've asked him to do, or if it's just personal regression. I, I, we just haven't seen him do it that much. Yeah. And maybe that's just that it's not in the playbook. Maybe it tells you just, they don't see that as part of his game. (sighs) I know he's completing less than 39% or less than 40% of his passes that have traveled longer than 10 yards. Jeez. Uh, well, I, we're kind of reaching the end of this podcast here, but I, I do want to go by the end of this, kind of start again in the summer. I just remember the, the Texans season ticket holders held this meeting, and we wrote about this before the season began, held this meeting with Texans leadership, Nick Casario and Levy Smith specifically. And they had this back and forth talking about all the questions that they had. And they felt like they cleared the air and Kyle McNair had been more public in the training camp and he had communicated that he expected them to be more competitive. So whenever we go into the stadium on Sunday and see more Commanders fans than Texans fans, which is the second time this season we've seen the Eagles outnumber the Texans fans too. And Lovey Smith contested that they've been booing all year. They've been booing a lot of the year on most of the games for uh, the, the Texans. I mean. I, I just, I just, 
wonder with seven games remaining, had the Texans been a little bit more process oriented in their, 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 their conversation about this, would there be a bit more reception toward understanding? I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm curious as to why they expected themselves to be significantly more, well, significantly is kind of a loaded word, but more competitive than they were last year. Because they're on track to lose more games than they did. Do you foresee them winning more than four games by the end of the year? Let's just kind of finish on that. No, I I, I really don't. Uh, I think I could at most see them winning three games. I think you know Jaguars and the Colts are probably the when I look at the schedule the only winnable games that they have left on their schedule. Um, and for them to win both of them would be difficult in itself. So you know they got the Chiefs, the Dolphins. Those are easy losses. The Titans, I think, are going to beat them. Yeah, bad again. And they got the Cowboys. That's a hard game too. Yeah, I could I could see them winning at most three games and probably yeah the two. Jaguars being on the schedule possible win. And, and look, we both I think you had four wins. I think I had four or five wins predicted at the beginning of the year, and we thought they'd look a lot better. And look, the, their point differential is better. Like th- there's a difference between being competitive in the score point differential and winning games. And that's kind of what was communicated was that, you know, maybe they'd win more. So we'll see how the Texans handle this. Uh, by the end of the week, there may be a new quarterback. Maybe there's a new play caller too. So we'll be on all of that. Uh, continue to read all of our work on HoustonChronicle.com. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter. He's uh, Jonathan Alexander. I'm Brooks Cabina. We'll talk to you next time. 